0: And this is more personal, but I didn't feel fulfilled as an artist. I felt that these people, yeah, they love my, they love these figures that I was doing, but a lot of it was more because of the film. You know, having to transition from three and three quarters to, you know, vinyl was definitely like David and Goliath.
1: Okay, super side note. You said D&D? You're doing Dungeons & Dragons stuff?
2: (laughs) Well, look who finally decided to show 10 minutes after our scheduled record time. Teresa, you're becoming like tardy Teresa. You're just consistently late. We have a guest tonight. We can't be making him wait.
1: I'm sorry. Nice to meet you, Aaron. I apologize. What's up, Teresa?
2: No, it's okay. I, no, it's not okay, Erin. <laughs> this is unacceptable. She calls herself a professional.
1: I actually thought I was going to make it, and then I didn't. I was squeezing in dinner shower pre-record, and Garrett gets mad because he says I have more time because I'm on East Coast, so it's 9.30 here.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, he's like, oh, you have time because, you know, it's not like you just got off work. But it's like I do things when I get off work. Yeah. So, <laughs> no,
2: Erin, a- she has four hours to get everything she needs to get done before we record. And she still can If this was a toy convention, she would be lined up 30 minutes early. But no, not for us.
1: I'm sorry. But like, look, I'm dead. I'm clean. I'm ready to go and talk about meat.
2: All right. Toys, yeah. Let's get this going then. Hey, toy family. Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. Teresa, you know, we've talked about going outside our comfort zones and challenging ourselves to explore, discuss things we don't normally talk about on the show because (laughs) usually we talk primarily (laughs) cute toys, right? That's what we've been accused of.
1: Yeah, I mean, we try to dabble a bit here and there, but we we don't necessarily dabble across the full spectrum—the like not-so-Teresa realm of the scene.
2: And there's a reason for that. I would challenge anybody who accused us of being minimal in what we talk about. You try to talk about what you're not knowledgeable on. It is not easy, especially. When there's people that are really critical of how the conversation goes down. But we're willing to make fools of ourselves. And so tonight, we invited a gentleman on whose body of work could not be further away from what either Teresa and I collect. Like, the complete polar opposite. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's laughing because he knows it's true. <laughs> it's true.
1: Yeah, it's true, very
0: true.
2: So he's he's a man. I really only know him by reputation, and it's a great one at that. He's known for his impe- uh, impeccable dedication to his craft, attention to detail. He sculpts, he paints, he molds, he casts. He does it all from start to finish. And his motto is pretty simple: He makes toys he wished he had growing up. So let's dive in and welcome Retroband to the show. Welcome Retroband.
0: Thank you so much guys for having me.
2: Do you want us to call you retroband or Aaron?
0: Um, Aaron's fine. I mean too many uh syllables in retro band, so Aaron's fine.
1: Okay. Or what about can I do RB? Hey RB. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that's fine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, it's a little weird. We don't know him that well.
1: I want to be cool. I want to get, you know, create a little nickname for you.
2: So here's mm, the funny mm. here's the funny part, Teresa. Aaron thinks we brought him on to try and talk. What, like where we try to talk to him about what he does. We're flipping the script and we're going to have Aaron talk about Pop Mart and all the cute toys that we collect and see how he does. <laughs> You're down, oh, aren't man. you?
0: I, uh, yeah, I think I'm, <laughs> I, I'm
2: lost on that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> <laughs> that a store? Let's focus on you, though. That'll be a lot more fun. Oh, for wait, you now.
1: don't know. You don't even know who Pop Mart is.
2: Is that a store?
1: oh man okay maybe we well, should we...
2: flip the script
0: pop mart
2: pop mart yeah yeah
0: no I'm, I'm sorry but please uh do do know that i do love the cutesy stuff as well i just i don't know too much of it exactly I'm slowly kind of going that route i'm i'm, I'm opening up to it because uh yeah it, um, it's a great medium it, it, it's simplistic it's not as detailed it's the total opposite and um there's nothing wrong with it um it's just uh You know, when you try to dedicate into your craft, you kind of need to become obsessive about it. And then you kind of have to have that those shutters on there to kind of keep you focused. But, you know, after a while, things maybe get born, at least on my side. So I'm slowly creeping into that world of y'all's.
2: Absolutely.
1: Can I tell you, Aaron? So before this episode, I scrolled through your Instagram feed Uh and I was just hunting. I was like, I wonder, like, is there anything in the world of cute in here? And probably <laughs> the closest thing I think I found is you had like a teeny little sculpt of meat as a bat that you made It's like a little bow tie for a Dracula yeah, 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 yeah but
2: cool, I was like, wow.
1: oh, that's probably the closest thing to cute, just because it was teeny weeny.,
2: <laughs> so when did you do that research? Was that like on Tuesday night? It was earlier um, in the week, right?
1: Yeah. Have you been sleeping?
2: Have you been sleeping well since?
1: Oh, gosh. Nightmares. No. yeah, I've been fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For those not familiar, Retro Band, you are you're really into horror and gory. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you even like skin. Do you like skin? What do you have against people having skin?
0: <laughs> um, I, I, It's just it's it's the this obsession with texture. So I'm um, I'm traditionally a, a painter. So whenever I, I look at figures, I'm always thinking about how the paint application is going to be. I noticed uh, rather quickly with like the designer toys. I mean, forgive me if it's the wrong word or whatever, but I guess like the uh, you know the urban vinyl stuff, just the you know smooth texture. You know, whenever I see that, I mean, it's great. It, it looks phenomenal with you know with, with the pad printing. But as far as me wanting to paint it or me having to do my own you know version of it, to me it. it I, I kind of like the, you know, the contours, a little bit of the depth of the texture. It, it, it really has a different uh, attitude in the final. So, you know, whenever I'm, you know, I'm looking at something rather smooth and kind of minimal, it's kind of like there's like a, kind of like a, like a roadblock for me. I, I get almost stumped. So maybe that's why um, I'm obsessed with these textures and boils and chips and veins and that kind of stuff.
2: Nice. I totally get it. Uh, so, how did you get discover designer toys and know that you wanted to delve into this world?
0: Um, by total accident, prior to doing toys, uh, like I said, I was a painter, so I did a lot of you know mural work, you know, commission work. But um, I believe it was until my son was uh, collecting toys, and it kind of brought this you know this nostalgia back. And he just asked me what kind of toys that I had growing up, and I just told him the base the key man, you know, turtles and stuff. And I believe at that time, it was collecting Walking Dead toys. And I just mentioned, like, this would never existed back then. I don't know. I I think based off that, I started thinking about, like, what if I could go back and, and do these movies, like, you know, that I love as, as a kid, you know, how they look like in this, like, retro aspect, you know, packaging. And I did one and not knowing anything about designer toys at all whatsoever. You know, in my mind, I was going to be making, like, movie props, I guess. I, I, I mean, people, that's what I thought, you know, they were. I made a couple of them for Night of the Creeps, Um, and mind you, at that time I had no clue about intellectual property, copyright, none of that. But in my mind, I saw this vision, it completes, and, you know, I just went with it. You know, I um, gave one to a friend who had moved out to L.A. Someone else saw it on his feed, and I decided to release them, and they sold out rather quickly. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, and then I later figured out, you know, later saw these artists like you know um suck lord healy made and all these like resin bootleggers and you know or you know a uh, uh, designer toy artists as well and i mean mind you at that time i had no clue about what vinyl was at all i just saw these guys you know mashing these uh, incredible pieces together and i kind of fell in that category i started i wanted to kind of do that and, but you know everyone was doing star wars and forgive me for saying this but you know i i love star wars but i'm just not a big fan of it and um I just wanted to make, you know, just the movies that I like. I mean, I was assuming they were making these Star Wars figures because they like Star Wars, and I was like, well, I like Creepshow, and I, you know, I like George Romero and whatnot. So I started doing them, and it got really popular. People loved the films, and um, it took off, like, uh, overnight. Um, w- within four releases, I was able to quit my job and do this full-time.
2: Are you serious? That's it? Four releases?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was pretty intense. It was pretty intense because as soon as I started doing them, um, I started getting these, you know, emails and phone calls from, like, you know, Romero, Thumando, Clive Barker, Columbia Pictures. Um, wow. Later came Adult Swim, Tsunami. Yeah, and it just... Uh, now I'm doing license work with, you know, Unboxed with Namco. But, um, yeah, I had no clue about it. I just decided to try it out and to make... To, you know, dive deeper into the Twilight Zone. I didn't know I could sculpt. I had no teachings at all. I had no... Experience in sculpting I just wow. decided that you know, let me just try it out and I guess my my brain sees 3d a lot easier than 2d You know, but yeah, cool. that's that's basically it. Far- so
1: you're still you're full-time right now retro band
0: Correct. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in my studio right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to back up a sec because mm-hmm. um, As Gary said, I'm we're noobs here, and I'm especially newbie <laughs> Okay the what you're referencing that you started with is—is is
0: it action figures? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it'd be action figures. I think what's kind of um, categorized as action figures is the fact that it, it it can move. But mine were all static. You know, they're completely—they look like they can move, but they really can't. But then again, most of my collectors, the people were buying them, weren't taking them out. They were leaving them in their packages. But um, yeah, okay. I mean, it's 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 definitely the three and three-quarter scale resin figures, card back blister, all that.
1: So Gary liked DKE toys also. Exactly, yes. But, right. yep. Okay. Okay. So you started with that, and the names you were throwing out, because, again, Noob, are <laughs> horror-related names, like horror films?
2: Right, right. So hold on, hold on. Can Teresa name one Clive Barker movie? Oof.
1: I don't even know who Clive Barker
2: is. You've never heard the name?
1: No. Okay. like I can I can guess a movie like uh uh Halloween is that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like there's the guy with the saw there's the guy with the mask
2: (laughs) you enjoying this Aaron
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I'm used to it. I mean, my, I mean, my wife's just like that. You know, she's not really at all into horror films whatsoever. It's
1: it's not even so much that, like, it's because the – and I hate the word – I hate even saying horror. It's a very hard word to say, horror. I just don't do gore or blood and guts or, like, scare. Like, mm-hmm. I just – like, I like romantic comedies. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> So, I just, I've never even delved in it, and I'm terrible. Like, I, I, there's certain characters I recognize. Lots of people do fan art and stuff for, but beyond that, I just don't know a whole lot about it. So, that's why when you were throwing out different names, I was like, I think they're horror names, but I don't know. So, (laughs) is who, like, throw out some movies. So, what, what are movies that, like, you said, Clive, would you say Clive, what, Gary?
0: Uh, Yes. So, so Clive Barker, uh, he, um, he did Hellraiser george romero i'm um, pretty much invented zombies you know if it wasn't for Romero, there would be no walking dead and things like that oh. uh, he, night, night the living dead dawn the dad those guys who pioneers in, in, in the horror genre but i mean like i mean like yourself you know when, whenever someone talks about my work you know they um they automatically you know i guess folks who don't know too much of it they often think like it's uh, the, they always say the same thing, which is so annoying. Which is like goth, like oh, it, goth. You know, I'm just like no, nah, it, it had nothing to do with that whatsoever. It just, I just enjoy the '80s horror films, like the '80s, '90s. The guys in the suit, you know, practical effects. That's what I grew up with, you know. Um, growing up, you know, you know, my mom worked at a video store, so I was there a lot. I was born in '81. So I was right in the middle of all the you know cardboard standees, you know, um, before blockbuster video it was like Hollywood video, Papa video, yep, um, yep. and every weekend was uh, was a drive-in theater, yeah. So you know, I just I just grew up with it. Um, some of these films I used to watch weren't for children, but the first film I ever watched in the drive-in was uh, Demons, you know, uh, and uh, it was terrifying at a young age, you know, watching it, but. To, to me, it was it, it was I never saw it as like it being like whether evil or satanic. I just thought it was super cool. And I, I, I enjoyed the adrenaline rush of this whole jump scare stuff. And, you know, the, the guy chasing after you and kind of, you know, thinking about scenarios of what we, you know, you would do yourself. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do like romantic comedies. You know, those are fun, too. <laughs> I like uh, the, 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 uh, I, I watch it all the time with my wife, um, Duplex. Danny DeVito directed it. Uh, ben Stiller, Drew Barrymore.
2: Yeah, no I haven't one. seen that one. We're getting, we're getting to know the lighter side of retro. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna look that one up. Go ahead, Gary. No, Aaron. I don't. So, like you said, you you know, four releases in, you were quitting the day job yeah. and going full time. And but you learned, and you said you didn't even know how to sculpt. So I don't understand how someone goes from not knowing how to sculpt. <laughs> Yeah. To having four pretty much sellout releases to quit in the day job. Like, how did you know to do to come in and do such high quality work that got you instantly recognized to then jumping into, you know, commissions by phenomenal commission list to then quit in the day job? I don't understand where where, your skill set was painter. How, How did you make that leap?
0: So, um, in the beginning I was just, uh, making, I was, uh, using existing figures and kind of, you know, mashing them up, um, to be honest with you. And this is the honest truth. When I would look at other artists that were doing these bootleg figures, I thought they were sculpting them. You know, I had no clue that they were just, uh, you know, just mixing them up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, as an artist, you tend to kind of like, you know, get harder on yourself and push yourself and. I just said you know what, if I'm going to be a toy artist, I have to learn how to sculpt because if I'm making a certain figure based off a movie at that time, there wasn't too many figures available as of now, you know, now there's a lot of modern figures that people, you know, companies are making that you can kind of mix and match. But at that time, the library, you know, was very limited. So I was like, you know what, if I can't find a certain head or a certain arm or whatever. I'm going to have to learn how to sculpt it. So I, I just decided to try it out. It worked out well. Um, it's just, I think at the time, i was ready for something new um i was really roll the dice on it you know within the four months i already had you know people emailing me and right you know and um you know contacting me to, to to do um collaboration work you know one of them was like a alex party i worked with alex party yep. and and i mean mind you at that time you know i wasn't really a traveler i would just kind of you know i was always a texas boy but i went to alex's show and i remember seeing nothing like it it was at i believe it was 1988 gallery on melrose so as i you know uh, i did a collaboration with them we were there now mind you like i have never seen a line of people outside of a (laughs) art show you know i've seen those kind of lines like when there's a band a you know a band that people are you know are are waiting to see but this line wrapped all down through melrose and i've never seen that so seeing that firsthand and, you know, working with Alex Pardee, who I, I, I only saw this guy on the Internet, on magazines, and here he is wanting to work with me. It was just a lot of motivation. I just went for it. And um, I just I didn't look back. I made sure everything was perfect. I became obsessive about everything, the packaging, the blister and in, in the early stages of doing the blisters, I didn't know that you can't just buy a blister from the store. You know, these are custom made, you know, with, with pups and you know all that stuff. But I, I wasn't aware. So what I would do is that I'd, I'd go to like whether a family dollar or at that time it was like Harbor Freight and buy a little miniature blisters that, on whatever item it was on and remove them and replace them on there. Um, oh, my gosh. To, Just to make it perfect, just to have an accessory because I was noticing a lot of these toys that people were making they weren't they did not weren't coming with accessories so I really wanted to make as if these toys really existed back then I mean down to the backer card itself and the backer card was you know the all that was made by scratch by hand everything was made by hand except you know the blisters my good friend um, Gabriel Hernandez was the artist for the card backs and we were together in an art collective prior so we worked really well with each other and um, yeah, at that time, you know, I, I don't, I don't think too many people were doing this, you know, uh, as far as, you know, with the movie reference and it just took off. I mean, I came at the right time, you know, talking to people like, you know, Dove from DKE, you know, he really helped me, you know, along the way. You know, I had, I had a few, few things with him at Decon and I believe at Comic-Con, but um, again, not knowing anything about this and hanging out with Dove, you know, for the uh, d after party, meeting all the people that I, you know, I looked up to, you know, on Juxtapose Magazine, like Aaron Woes, Buff Monster. It was just like a dream come true. It was like, it was very overwhelming. I went home like with the fire under my ass. Like, you know, this is it. Like, this is what you want. This is what you have to do. You know, so if it becomes me staying here late at night, trying to get together, you know, all the, um, I guess, like all the packaging, the blisters, the cards. And if it it takes me an extra month, it takes me an extra month, but it's going to be polished at the end. Jesus,
1: what? Yeah. Year... So, well, I was, you were gonna ask? You're asking what I was gonna ask. I was like, "What year are we talking about?"
0: Oh man, I'm really bad at this.
2: Well, you won Break Designer Toy Award, Breakthrough Artist of the Year in 2014. So that was five years ago. When did you actually? Probably around when? When did you start making your first like resin action figure?
0: I would say 2000, and oh my god. Two thousand twelve maybe, I okay. think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, twenty twelve okay. How many f- resin figures did you think you created back then?
0: Oh man, it was it was it was a release every month. Jesus. Yeah. It was released every month and limited of like twenty five and I, and mind you at the time I was releasing twenty five or fifteen at a time and selling them for 25 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Now you have to understand that I'm in San, I'm in Texas. So it's not, you know, the price of living where I'm at, it's not that expensive. So at 25 bucks a piece, I was even, you know, questioning myself saying like, that's too much money. Um, <laughs> and actually it wasn't enough, you know, but I slowly learned, you know, you know, you know the whole time involved and stuff like that. But it, it later grew to like, you know, you know, 25 a run and then 50 a run is where I cap it off. You know, I remember specifically, um, you know, re- releasing them and they sell out in seconds. And then, you know, I mean, after that, you know, here comes the secondary market, which I had no clue about. And um, yeah, it was just a whole uh, culture shock. I-, I, had- I had no idea about any of this you know, whatsoever. But um, I mean, I- I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad, you know, I, I took that leap. I- I'm glad that, uh, you know, um, it-, it worked out because uh, I wouldn't trade this for the world.
1: That's awesome. I'm still trying to figure out how you learned how to sculpt and cast and all this stuff. (laughs) Like like, (laughs) seriously though, like did you find like a YouTube tutorial or someone meant like how and where did you go to figure like you just did it. I feel like if I were to go, I said like, okay, this conversation lit a fire under my ass. I'm going to go do this. I don't know what I'd do to begin. I,
0: I, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, YouTube for sure. It was just, uh, I don't know. I'm really good. I, I really enjoy like the research, the homework. I, I really I mean, that's something that to me, if I'm doing a project and it's too easy, i I lose a lot of interest in it rather quickly. Um, the fact that um you know this was a whole new medium, uh, something I had no clue about. it it, it was it was fun. Um, it, it was it was new. So here I am going through every you know book I could find, blog. Uh, website you know youtube video you name it i was watching everything over and over and over and that's when it comes to production you know that's just the sculpting stuff i mean i'm sorry the production side of it the sculpting part of it i had you know again like no clue i could sculpt i believe i was doing the halloween three figures and i decided to maybe try it on myself and i did all the heads and the body within like i don't know like a couple of days i'm like I don't think i did this right i was you know talking to my wife like i don't think i did this right She's like what do you mean it's like it only took me a couple of days like shouldn't it take me longer i mean i don't know maybe i'm not you know sculpting it right maybe i'm not using the right materials and then i figured out i found a company called the atom beam industries where they were doing like this wax type sculpting medium uh, called cx5 i bought some and um invested into the setup and then like overnight like i just you're able to it's hard to explain but you're able to build rather quickly there's no armature needed and i just decided i just realized that i was able to work with wax a lot quicker since i'm really rough with my hands and i work really quickly the wax was just a perfect medium for me and i just i just fell in love with it you know right then and there and then i was able to sculpt and then he i mean i think the first commission i got was i would say it was george romero i did the george romero figure for mondo with justin ishmael and then after that was clive barker like that, that started you know um uh, and and then here came adult slam so with adult some i've done i think like maybe seven toys total with them
2: wow you no know, teresa it was just meant to be this is how it worked for some people you know i know he came in at the right time yes. he had the motivation and the passion and desire to just teach himself to do all these things and explore it all. Some people think about doing these things, and then others like Aaron here do it. No, for yeah. sure.
0: I mean, I've always been the kind of guy who's just really good with his hands. Like, you know, like I, I like playing music. Um, I like uh, painting, drawing. It's just it, it's just better when it's with my hands. I could just stay in my studio and just. Figure it out. You just don't leave your, you know, your desk until you figure it out. And that's basically what it was. I mean, all the inspiration, all the stuff that I saw and the people in the community. I mean, the toy community is amazing. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I was so happy that they invited me to, you know, to be a part of Decon. So I just did what I had to do, you know, even if it took me. I mean, I'd work literally Monday through Sunday, you know, for the first like, I don't know, three years of my career and toys. Um, but i it wasn't work for me you know this was something i love to do you know like even to this day i'm not bullshitting i love mondays <laughs> it sounds stupid as shit but i love mondays because i get to get back to my studio i get to work and and, and just create monsters you know
1: that's
2: that, awesome that's what i that's Man, what i, I need do.
1: that I need I need to like – well, I need to love Mondays, maybe even like Mondays.
2: You need to have some kids, Teresa. Have two kids. You'll look forward to going back to work on Monday. It's, it's, it's the best. Okay. <laughs> going well, to work is my sanctuary.
1: <laughs> now, I'm curious because I think you mentioned, too, that the idea of, like, IPs and, and licenses and all that was kind of not something you really knew about at first – but right. as people caught on. So did you I know like there's a whole thing in the bootlegger scene about that and even in the fan art if you kinda want to dig in there, but did you have issues with with like people saying you were copywriting any IP or
0: people um, were into it? Yeah. Uh, as far as from the licensors and the people who own the IPs?
1: Yeah. Did
0: no not at it? all. Nothing. Um I was told that if you make the license look bad is when they come after you and um, I mean I'm hoping that I you know I kind of give them you know you know it, it's uh, the best uh, you know representation I, I could have given them in a toy mm-hmm. uh, of medium you know for, for their license but um no I mean I never had any issues whatsoever thankfully
1: okay so when you worked with, like you said, you had people reach out for commissions and stuff. So like the Adult yeah. Swim one, for example, they right. actually reached out and said, use our IP or whatever and make these things. Like gave you the permission to do it.
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That doesn't happen a lot on that. I mean, if you're no. talking about strictly just the bootleg side of the scene, to be a guy who's actually getting official license, that's that doesn't happen a lot.
0: See, I mean, you're you're uh... – you're hundred percent right. I had no clue about this. You know, people like, um, you know, like, like, for instance, like Doug Pilmer, like he was kind of explained to me, like, this does not happen. Like, you're very lucky. Um, and um, so all, it, it was a bit, you know, a, a bit of a pressure. After a while, yeah, I, I decided that, you know, I think it's best if maybe, I don't know, I started doing more original stuff. And you know, that's where, you know, later stuff, you know, later than one um, meets came around. Um, but, yeah, I had I had fun, absolutely. I mean, it was so much fun working on three-and-three-quarters stuff. I mean, seeing these figures come to life, uh, it's something about it, you know, when you're sculpting it and then when you start producing them and you have them in line on your workbench and they're there, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 they're looking right back at you. It's like you brought these things to life. You know, they never existed until now.
2: Yeah. Now, I want to get to talking about meats and, you know, the the other Side of the toy career that you you headed towards and what you're doing now, but so you're no longer doing the three and three quarter inch action figure type stuff. Do you still does it still have a desire to go back and do that at some point, or have you just moved on from it?
0: Um, so one of the main reasons why I left it it was because of the market. You know, I started noticing a lot of people were doing three and three quarters movie related stuff, mostly with horror. Which is fine, you know, I'm not the only one who loves these films. But, um, I mean, do I miss it? Yes. I mean, there's. I mean, it's definitely 100% labor of love. Um, but, um, you know, at the moment, um, I mean, I'm not doing that at all whatsoever. Just because there's so much work involved into it. And you're hand painting all of them. And I guess I got a little spoiled with vinyl. You know, I could just order my Pantone and just start knocking it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, I do have another side... Um, oh god I have no idea how to call this is it a company, is it a brand, I don't know um, it's another side project called Deadly Delivery where we work on minifigures, more of a chibi style Maba platform and we tend to tackle some movie characters as well so that's kind of like my fix to kind of get you know that out of my system Now you
1: said I, I'm familiar with the term chibi, would you say Maba?
0: Yeah so Maba, it's a whole story with that but Maba is it's a type of figure that came out like uh in in the 80s in Japan Um, it was Mattel and Bandai so it's Ma and Ba and they made these like gross out figures based off like mad scientists for Japan and they were never released in the U.S. but in a way they still have that chibi look and you know where it's kind of compact you know maybe half the body and that's kind of the platform that me and um the collective daily delivery do so this uh, there's two other artists uh, of Aaron Chavez the last Zectron, which is Octavius Salinas, and yeah, together we're Deli Delivery, and it was just basically this idea that I had about doing mail order type figures, but it ended up becoming this online thing. So, and um, it's doing pretty well. I mean, a lot of people really dig into this little D and D stuff. So, I have fun with it. You know, it, it, again, it, it gives me that that satisfaction of this whole like kind of DIY resin stuff. Since you know, everything now it's vinyl. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I actually. So, when I was, like I said, I, you know, stalking your Instagram to, to be prepared and not be a super noob, I actually came across someone <laughs> okay. posting about the Deadly Delivery, but they called you all the Terror Trio, which I thought yeah. was fun, <laughs> which makes sense because I went over and looked at Deadly Delivery and I was like, it's right. And it's kind of cool that you all have similar styles, but different. So, they mesh well together, but they're still distinctive. Mm hmm. And it seems like, from what I can tell, it seems like there's some individual releases, but sometimes you all do um, group themes, right? And we'll release sets, I guess, but that each of you sculpt different ones in it?
0: Yeah, so um, what we try to do basically is carry the somewhat of the tradition of, like, Maba. I mean, it was Mattel and Ben like, coming together to form this, you know, this this cool project, so... At first, it was just me and Zach Tron doing it, and then we picked up file later. But we normally release two figures each month. You know uh, we only have them in two different colors. and then they're retired, you know, and everything's hand sculpted, hand produced, hand packaged, everything from beginning to end. So and it's the same, you know, I, I guess not in the same way as you know what they did in the past, but as far as you know hand sculpting in the traditional format. Cool. Yeah,
2: you know what's funny about this, Aaron, is you know Teresa was saying she went back and researched and everything, and so um, this is kind of how we prep for the show, right? So it's like we almost study up and we type it out. So it's like one of the things when we have a guest on, we can actually have a conversation with them. We now understand their world a little bit more. We know things they've worked on, and so I'm going. I'm going through Teresa's notes here, and it's just it's weird to see Teresa typing words (laughs) like rotting flesh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> D- dracu meets the terror trio it's like Teresa. good job there you i go. know
1: i was actually very proud because i was like oh man like it's gonna creep me out i gotta go in and look at all this like creepy stuff but it's 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 interesting the more you dig into it and i'm like okay I, i'm getting it like i get where you, i get where you're coming from well and like
0: for sure
2: Here's another word that she threw in there that I didn't even know this, what this word mm-hmm. is. And maybe you, I'm sure you know what this word is. <laughs> Gai, Gaijin. I'm sorry, what? Gaijin. Gaijin? Yeah. Gaijin. Gaijin. So apparently this is my, if you don't know about it, I, I just learned about it too. Apparently this is what people, I guess, Teresa, uh, see if I understand this correctly, but it's a Japanese word for foreigners and non-Japanese. So I guess if you and I being Westerners, right, Aaron? And if we right. decided to make Sofubi or soft vinyl toys, mm-hmm. then I guess that's the label we're given.
0: Guilty. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, the re- so That particular term was actually found um, – So, of course, like I'm Googling retro band and seeing what pops up. And one of the things that popped up was the school brain forums. And so there were various threads talking about your toys there. Um,
0: Who's
2: getting arrested? Is it you? Sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) No, it's outside my my studio. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine.
1: Um, but so I Googled and found school brain forums and there were some various threads talking about your toys, but the title of the thread was Gaijin. And I was like, what the heck is Gaijin? So I'm like Googling Gaijin and getting in Wikipedia. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's basically like Sofubi or Kaiju, but people who are Westerners making it. And when I was trying to think of it was like, so I knew you had done sort of the action figure stuff and then sort of branched out. I was trying to think of like what the term is because when I think about, like, the spectrum of designer toys, right, you can think about it from a medium perspective, right, vinyl versus right. resin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the aesthetic spectrum. And I'm like, there's cute and there's not cute. But, like, what would you call your stuff? And so when I saw Gaijin, I'm like, well, maybe that's the word. But I'm curious, like, when you think about the the stuff you've now delved into, what would you term it?
0: So in the beginning, when I was doing the vinyl stuff, I had no idea what kaiju was. I had no idea what any of it was. I know in you know in Hong Kong they call it hardcore, but as far as my stuff, I, I mean I don't I don't know. I mean again, m- majority of these you know these amazing artists that were doing these Safubi figures, it was all based off like this kaiju kind of thing. I, I remember like e- you know eBay and trying to buy some stuff just so I can see like their sculpts and see. How their arms move just to do my research and homework, and a lot of it was like kaiju, kaiju, in kaiju, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I decided, you know, to. I mean, if I would have known that, that might have maybe, I don't know, peppered its way into me trying to do something with, you know, that's kaiju related. But I mean, I- I'm glad I was totally naive to all of that and just decided to do something completely, uh western which is basically like a slasher you know what i mean yeah which, uh, which, yeah. which worked out for meats which i was told was like something new and fresh that i mean that was cool i was like okay cool that's nice i mean but now that i know i i, I know more about it um yeah i mean it, it was just uh i guess you know fate i don't know or luck whatever you want to call it but as far as the kaijin stuff i've never heard of that I, at all i mean i, I would consider myself or uh, my work just as i don't know just soft vinyl just I don't try like I don't read the skull brain stuff. I was on, I I got a profile and then I just stopped going to it. I don't. I'm not into skull brain. I don't. I don't read too much of like you know all the, the stuff behind all that. You know what, you know what's going on in, in the, you know all the, the, I guess politics whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. I just uh, I, I just hunker down. And I just work, man. Uh, I, I don't have time for all that. And, no good. Uh, just do the best that I can. You know that's all I can do. Uh, my fans are amazing i love 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 my fans they you know these people write like pages of dms and some of them even write me letters you know and they thank me for making these figures and you know they they have like bad days and they come home and their collections there so like that's the stuff i read not not the other curiosity stuff but nah. yeah yeah
2: it's awesome yeah
1: we we are not proponents of that toy drama
2: no I'm man,
0: I don't have (laughs) time for that. No.
2: We are proponents of promotion. We we do love talking toys though, Teresa. It's just we try to stay out of the the ugly side of toys that you, you really especially cannot stand. Um Let's take a brief moment and just mention some of our sponsors. So for all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, we've got three awesome stores for you. 3dretro.com, 3dretro is also a physical location out there in Southern California. So if you're in the area, be sure to check it out, otherwise you can visit them at 3dretro.com. If you are on the East Coast and you're in New York City, you can stop by and visit My Plastic Heart or you can go to MyPlasticHeart.com. If you live in the States, we have a promotional code for you. If you spend $75 or more and use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout, you will receive free shipping on that order. Also, there is StrangeCatToys.com. No physical location, but they have a a bus that they travel around with, so if you're in the Florida area, maybe you'll see them. Otherwise, you can go to StrangeCatToys.com. Load up that cart and be sure to use our promotional code MARSHAM at checkout and you'll receive 10% off that entire order. And to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to like and follow SpankyStokes.com and the toychronicle.com Alright, Aaron, let's talk about uh, your how you joined Unbox. And I, I like what you were saying about how you kind of kept your head down. You weren't aware of kaiju and certain trends going on in in the designer toy scenes because had you known about that stuff maybe you would have possibly gone a different direction maybe not maybe you still would have ended up exactly where you were supposed to be and what you're doing now but I want to know how you met Dan from Unbox how that relationship developed and how was the transition going from the three and three quarter resin side of the toy scene to then doing soft vinyl stuff with Unbox
0: so um I guess to answer your first question, I was in Austin for MondoCon's first release. Um, Dan was there uh, representing Unbox and I believe Skinner's Lolly Bigger. Um, you know, I had no interest at all to do vinyl. I was doing really good with three and three quarters. I had full control, you know, for production, for sculpting, you know, people coming to me. So I had no, you know, whatsoever um, interest in doing vinyl. Um, but that, you know, that, that event... You know, Dan came up to me and he introduced himself and we hit it off. I think afterwards we had some dinner and drinks and he had all these amazing stories about all these artists that I admired. And then uh, we kept in touch, you know, for maybe a year or so. But after that, I started noticing more and more people doing this three and two quarters stuff and kind of like, I I mean, I don't want to say the market was getting flooded, but I could see where it was going. Mm -hmm. There's only so many things you can do. Um, At the same time, this is more personal but i didn't feel fulfilled as an artist i felt that these people yeah they love my they love these figures that i was doing but a lot of it was more because of the film you know so i didn't as an artist i'm not satisfied like you know that that wasn't enough for me so i was like you know what i will know more once i start doing my original stuff original art any i mean anyone can do these bootleg figures you know as far as you know the movie stuff but uh, yeah, so I just like you know what? Let me work on this this idea I've been thinking about, and I believe Gabe Hernandez, the artist that I had for my card backs, was working. I was going to work with Dan, and he had mentioned like you should you know try to give him a, a holler, and I had this you know these sketches, and I just showed him what I had going on, and he was like, let's do it. I'm like, all right, cool. And again, not knowing anything about it, you know, having to transition from three and three quarters. To, you know vinyl was definitely like David and Goliath um, all my sculpting tools were four three and three quarters so I mean you're talking about small tips you're talking about needle type sculpting tools so I sculpted meats, I believe in five inches and Dan was like no problem we could scan it you know and blow it up but when they blew it up some of the detail got lost mm. and um, you know that you know, those prints are expensive, you know, and we blew it up from five inches to, you know, it's almost 12 inches. And uh, once I received it, I was like, I don't like it. So I just resculpted it again at 12 inches or, um, you know, it's almost it's 12 inches, whatever. You, it's like 11.8 or whatever the hell. But either way, I had to resculpt it and send it back. So I had to buy a whole new set of tools and learn how to use these tools that to sculpt larger figures. And, um, yeah, I mean, I ran with it. And... Um, I remember oh, what is it uh, is at uh, I believe it was Dove. I, I keep going back to Dove because Dove is always that you know, Dove and Dan are those coaches, you know, those those guys that he just like, you know, always give you drop your gems on you, but um, <laughs> he he told me he's like no one whenever someone does resin, they go try to do, you know, vinyl. It doesn't it's, it's, it doesn't really work out for them. And I'm I'm glad I didn't hear any of this shit. Like I I'm glad I didn't hear about the kaiju, I'm glad I didn't hear about Anything because I just went for it and it worked out, you know People really loved meats and mind you when I was doing three and three quarters A lot of it was just Westerners, you know buying the stuff because they're familiar with the film, you know what I'm saying when I went to vinyl it became worldwide I got like the you you know artists, you know I'm collected from all over the world collecting and that blew my mind seeing meats like in China and Russia and Italy I was just blown away. You know, these people are taking amazing photos of him. You know what I mean? This guy's not a fucking toy you could put in your back pocket. He's a big dude. So yeah. they're carrying this toy with them and they're just, you know, taking photographs. And that just, I mean, that doesn't melt your heart. I mean, I don't know what, well, so that just kept me focused. And just, I just push, pushing more and more. And I just use those resin skills that I had to, you know, producing to make his accessories. And then I was told like, you know, you don't mix it. You don't mix resin with vinyl. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to do it no matter what. And I did his accessories. And, now and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to step it up a notch. Let's do some garments. Let's do an l- apron. Let's do a coat. Let's do a t-shirt. And it just went on and on and on. And now we're here. And I'm on, I think I have like three, yeah, three figures, Suffer and Tomb and Meats. But the most popular one is, is Meats.
2: Nice. The yeah. fact that you re that whole piece to, to scale it up to 12 inches, that's, you know, a lot of people would just, went, ah, fuck it. It's fine. It's good enough. And you said no. You, no, you man. You went ahead I, and I, had to do it right.
0: Yeah, I have this, this little like a spidey sense and if it doesn't feel right, I'm just going to say no. And it never it has never failed me to this day. So I was like, no, I can't, I, I, I can't accept this. Like, this is not... And again, it's nothing to do with unbox. Like, you know, they warned me and, um, yeah, but it was, a, it was, it was a learning, you know, experience and, uh, I'm glad I did it. It worked out, you know, well, it's, it's a great platform to work on, you know?
2: Yeah. Now we've, we've been talking about meats quite a bit, but I think we've actually described it to the listeners. Teresa, mm-hmm. describe meats to our listeners.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> If I had to describe it, I mean, he's like a rotting flesh guy. It's kind of like his whole body is like brains. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he doesn't have skin. He's like a wrinkly fleshy dude with <laughs> a goofy toothy face. <laughs> How'd I do? <laughs> uh,
0: maybe like a C-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, pa- that's still passing.
1: Pass. Hey, yes. You know, well, so here's—I am actually curious because I, you know, I looked it up obviously, but that's kind of what I see. So, what is meat supposed to be? What inspired it? Is—is is so, meat just a makeup name, or is it like an acronym, or what?
0: So, um, again, like when I started looking more into this vinyl stuff, I realized that a lot of, uh, I just wanted to represent where I'm from to the fullest. Knowing now, I have friends, and you know, and whether. Japan or like the major cities, Tokyo, New York, L.A. You know, you often see films and, and, you know, uh, everything based on L.A. or New York. Like it's always those things. There's never so much stuff in Texas. We may got like a Pee Wee Herman cameo for the Alamo, you know, but uh, (laughs) other than that, that, there wasn't too much representing it as far as uh, in the toy medium. But so meats again meets Texas barbecue. Uh, There's barbecue joints everywhere. He's an underdog, you know, uh, he's disabled. He's not perfect. And his aesthetics are, you know, basically inspired by all this shit that I grew up with. You know, anything from Madball, anything from, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all the horror films. I, um, I, it just I put everything that I love into this one character. As far as, you know, me, like I, I really had to tap into like that 10 year old Aaron. And, you know, and ask them, you know, pat them on the shoulder and ask them, hey, you know, like, what would you like? And this this, you know, image came out and um, I focused a lot on shape so I kind of made him kind of hunched out. I have a lot of friends, you know, who might look like him a bit, you know, on on, on the on the thick side with, you know, the weenies behind their head, shaved head, you know, like, you know, I I have homeboys that look like him. And it's just something that's. I don't know. I just, I, I just really focus on the shape a lot. I focus on his like his details, but a lot of it was mostly driven from like again, like the comics I read, the toys I collected, you know, the movies I loved as a, as a child.
1: That's awesome. He does. Um. So I googled his. I googled Retrobrand meets again, so I can look at the figures. <laughs> and <Yeah.
2: laughs> and
1: it is almost like he's a hodgepodge of like different
0: things all in one yeah like, so when i when i sculpted like, his face together you're right so when i sculpted his face um i noticed a lot of people were taking photographs of like their toys and different angles and i wanted to give him different attitudes on different angles of his face so if you look on his left side it's a lot different from his right side but when you put it you know when you have the shots you know sh- you know sh- straight on it's completely different that was a little hard to do and I do I do that to like most most of my figures but you know I noticed a lot of folks like to take the you know photograph with them so I decided to kind of to do that's a little extra um, and kind of you know it sometimes it's even hard like when to ask illustrators or artists to maybe draw him out like they're always having a hard time trying to figure out how to how to draw him because he's a little he's a little wonky a little deformed. but uh, it, it's funny because like if I were to tell anybody like any collector now who has shelves of meats figures you know yeah i have this idea you know he has stitches yeah he maybe have he, he might have eyes yeah maybe a few teeth he has one arm or i mean one hand he has stitches and shorts and he's barefooted it sounds super silly just to like describe him but when you see him and even in person it it, it it's a bit uh i don't know um you get the full grasp of it so that's why i'm trying my best you know to do this um, other projects that you know you guys might know with with meat so people can see him firsthand. Because everyone that sees him through the Instagram and they see him, you know, in person, like, Oh, I thought he was like you know eight inches tall or five inches tall, but it's this big, you know, twelve inch figure a vinyl, just chunk of vinyl.
2: But he's been producing yeah. a couple different sizes, right? I know I saw. a figure probably the twelve inch one holding a smaller version of of himself.
0: Right. So I decided to do this like muscle knockoff. Um, you know, series since I have, you know, more characters in my roster. So I sculpted a small little muscle figure and casted him in, in you know, in, in, in resin and put him in his hand. So it, it looks, you know, a little bit bigger than.
2: Maybe hey, me. So these are really highly, I mean, your sculpt work is phenomenal and they're highly detailed. Do you have like, Thank I, you know, I know some uh, sculptors will hide like little Easter eggs in the detail work, on the backside or under the chin, do you have anything that maybe the collectors aren't aware of that might be hidden on the figure that they should be looking for?
0: Um, I've you know pretty much said a lot about him. I mean, the major Easter egg was his feet. Um, his feet were taken from a garbage pile kit card. So I noticed a lot of people, with all the vinyl toys that I would collect, because mind you, before I did vinyl and Dan had asked me to do vinyl, I bought tons of fucking vinyl off ebay and any people you know everyone who would release them i just buy a bunch of it you know just to, just to have it just to feel it smell it i mean really you know get get into it and i know it's a lot of guys have the flat foot you know with their stamp on it and mine i decided to do something that's you know gpk related which is another obsession that i have but yeah that's one of the easter eggs I think that's it. That's the major one. Other than else, other than that, that's that's basically it. I mean,
2: my stamp, which is just a Texas symbol, but is it pretty much Halloween all year round for you?
0: No, no, You're not f- at all.
2: When do you bust not, out the Halloween decor? Is it after I'll, September I'll, officially October first?
0: Mean, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that guy. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but I'm not the halloween i mean to be honest with you my favorite holiday is christmas you know that's just i love christmas but i mean i love again i I love horror i love it so much where it's just i mean i don't feel i have to like you know be that halloween guy i just that's one thing that just bothers me a lot like people here in the studio um so the, the studio that i'm in um it houses other artists as well photographers you know designers you know creators and they're always like, hey, that's the Comic-Con guy. I'm like, oh, hello. Like, you know what I mean? They see me every morning and they always introduce me like, this is Aaron. He's a toy maker. He's a Comic-Con. I'm like, oh, God,
2: like, here you go. It's that, you know what I mean? I'm just like. <laughs> they are totally just picturing you cosplaying at I'm Comic-Con. I'm not that
0: guy. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, well, it's, I don't feel that I come off that way. But um, I, I, I do love Halloween. I do love Halloween, especially now with the kids. You get to dress them up. We make all our costumes from scratch. Um, I'm really big into Halloween, you know. Now, not because the kids, I could relive, you know, this childhood thing. But, you know, some, you know, my oldest one's already in high school, so he's too cool for school.
2: Nice, you know. Yeah, to dress yeah. up. I, my kids aren't there yet, so <laughs> I'm still gonna enjoy him while I can before he gets too mm-hmm. cool for his dad.
0: Yeah, no, I'm already there, buddy. It's it's tough.
2: <laughs> is, is your? I saw some photos on Instagram with your kid. Is is he starting to help you in the studio?
0: So you have to understand that these kids. Are not raised with, um, you know, toys, you know, they're into this electronic games. Yep. and So, um, you know, no, not really. When he was younger, my oldest was indefinitely helping me out um, as he got older. No, not so much. You know, he doesn't uh, he's not really involved in this whole toy thing. I mean, he, he, he appreciates it. He likes it. Um, I remember uh, the only time he really got super stoked on it was when he saw one of my toys on the uh, Goldbergs TV show. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. And that's, that's funny. He, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tough crowd, that kid. <laughs> Teenagers are a tough crowd. As, yeah. as
2: they should be. They're mm-hmm. our toughest critics, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God, so much so.
2: <laughs> God, I love their honesty. I, the, what made me bring up the whole Halloween thing is I was looking at your, uh, the Rotten Kids that you had done, the little set of trios that you did for the you know through you and the deadly delivery and at the end it said forever halloween so i'm thinking this guy <laughs> just loves halloween it's it's all year are out for i do
0: Hall- <laughs> i do i do love halloween but it's just uh you know a lot of people see the stuff that i'm into you know they come in my studio they see i mean yeah there yeah yeah yes there is skulls everywhere yes there is rotting creep show posters and whatever have you but um I, I think I hear too much maybe from the folks here at, at this at the studio that I'm that guy so maybe that's, that's probably what it it's kind of a-
2: you're like an onion. you got many layers' <laughs> you're, you're not the just the horror guy. There
0: you go.
1: Yeah but no what I wanted to go back to before I forgot so you were talking about how when you were sculpting meat, Right. that you were aware of the way it would look um, from different angles, either when on display or in photos. And can I just say as a collector how happy that made me? Because...
2: Oh, thank
1: you. No, seriously, though, because... And I think we've talked about this before, Gary. There are times where I really love a figure, but then when on display, if it's, like, sculpted in a way where it's best from viewed from above, when it's on display, I'm like, ah, oh, it's just not. It's not what I want. Or like the only, like the eyes, the way they're positioned, when you look at it from the front, it's not the best. So you kind of need to display it sideways for it to look okay. Mm -hmm. Those things can kind of bug me. So the fact that you're aware of that and that you are thinking about that and thinking like, okay, like I want to make it look cool from the left, cool from the right, cool from the front. Like you are aware of all the ways it would look to me. It's a really cool thing because that's something I pay attention to as a collector. And there have been times where because of the way it's sculpted and maybe it doesn't look great from the front or only looks really good from one side, it can be a turnoff for me. So totally. I just want to say kudos.
0: Cause oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 the same i am i'm in the same boat um i'm a collector as well i collect a lot i mean too much you know i have storages of of just stuff that i collect but i'm the same way i I look for shape i look for you know how it looks on the shelf if i can you know have numerous ones and if i can look at them all the time but yeah at times i do look at stuff i'm just like ah those teeth uh you painted them different or maybe the something's off or um there's, there shouldn't be a polka dot or uh, some kind of spray on there and they did it and i get it i'm the same way um i'm glad you know i i've, I've never i mean I, I do this to all my figures that i've never had anybody that thinks i guess is the, the same as mine as, as me as far as like you know seeing it from different angles but you know it makes you, you feel good on my side it, it, it. it's i'm glad that someone else thinks the same way i guess you could say
1: yeah we're birds of a feather no yeah, I, and go. i bet people there are people probably like gary knows i can be very very particular yeah. but you you have that eye too and there may be people out there who aren't like that but they just it's just like they kind of just don't even realize that oh. because of you thinking through all of that makes it even better so i just think it's cool it's awesome thank you thank you so much I am, I'm also going to send you a picture in our chat in Skype because I think I may have accidentally looked at the wrong meets version. I kind <laughs> I of
0: figured, starting. yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's One funny.
1: of them is really more brainy, Roddy, like this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that tomb. So, um, how it came out as far as like the ideas um, with them is that I decided to do meats and it worked out well. What it started becoming slowly was the fact that before I was doing this, I was doing the movie stuff. Yeah. The movie three and three quarters. I started realizing that Meats started becoming like my main actor and I was the director. So I would theme him out and have different releases as different, you know, as a different character and different films, you know, that kind of grew the whole, you know, Meats, you know, as you know, the original Meats and Meats as, you know, the Purple People Eater and the Executioner and the Dracula Meats. And then I started realizing, like, you know, like, meets it's more of a slasher. And in every, you know, 80s genre film, you had, like, your slasher, you had your monster, then you had your alien. So the one that you just text me would be, like, my monster. He would be, like, my zombie monster. And then the other guy, I mean, which is Tomb and Suffer, would be definitely, like, my alien lab scientist that went wrong in muck. So I have, like, every genre kind of, um, you know, taken care of. Uh, as far as when it comes to the horror genre, you know, I got
1: you. So sufferer is like your Frankenstein.
0: Um, suffer, suffer, suffer. No, well, yeah, I guess like maybe more of like a, you know, what can I can I get at you? Uh, can I compare them to? But yeah, I, I mean, I, I I mean science. I, I guess like science fiction. Because mind you, like I'm a huge EC comic fan. You know, I love Tales from the Crypt. So he'd be, my, you know, definitely, you know, my shock comic versus, you know, the vault of horror and then the tells in the crypt would be, of course, um, meets, if that
2: makes any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> 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 Teresa, say suffer. <laughs> <that one? What? laughs> just, Just say suffer. Suffer? You keep on saying sufferer. Go. It's suffer.
1: It, it. It's not sufferer, it's suffer.
2: It's suffer. It's fine. No.
1: <laughs> oh. That just must have been my typo in my notes because I wrote sufferer. You did. That's
2: yeah. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, suffer, Aaron, suffer. being that you are impeccable with the quality, you want full control of everything. How has it been going to unbox and then kind of a little bit of relinquishing control? Has that been difficult for you?
0: Um, kind of only because like I'm very impatient because I've been used to doing this again on my own and having full control but i guess what balances that off is the fact that i don't have to wait for paint to dry (laughs) you know i could i could use the paint the v color paint on the vinyl figure and it dries almost instantly this is is all part of it you know this is all a learning process for me it was having to order you know you know wait you know my turn in the in in the queue order my figures and then they come in and then it's all good you know and then there you go you know painting them and and having fun but uh it was, at first, a little bit hard, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was just hard having to wait. You know, they're not coming from down the street either. You know, it's, it's you know, across seas. So, um, but Unbox, I mean, they have changed my life. You know, they have really given me full control on whatever I want to do as far as, you know, my characters go and, and my work goes. And they're always on board, mm-hmm. full supportive. I mean, I can't thank them enough. I can't thank Dan and Leo for doing what you know what they've done for me um you know when it comes to like my meat suffer tomb the who goes there figure you know a series uh stuff that we were doing and we have other stuff lined up but you know i was able to do like oily maniac i was able to do the Splatterhouse figures from namco we have more stuff down the line to do and um i don't know they're just uh they're just it's too good to be true with them you know they've they've, they've really helped me out tremendously and um so when it comes down to waiting, it's like eh, no big deal. I mean, I have other stuff I have to do, like whether it be license work. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not always doing vinyl or always doing you know designer toys. I'm all you know. I always have other stuff I have to do, whether it be you know personal projects or you know commission work or license stuff. Okay.
1: Oh, so you do sculpt for others. You don't just sculpt your own things.
0: You know, if I do that, it's mostly with uh like unbox yeah like the oily maniac you know that wasn't my toy it was for the shaw brothers same thing with like namco and Splatterhouse, you know I-, I-, I will sculpt you know if the character you know speaks to me and i'm like you know what i could execute it rather nicely i, I mean I- i'll definitely gun for it
2: but you're not like oh. a work for hire you don't want our listeners contacting you hey man no. can you sculpt my no. three <laughs> exactly let's, let's, let's nip that I'm in sorry, the butt sorry. right sorry.
0: now I-, I wasn't catching on <laughs> no no yeah yeah you're right um you know, if it was something like EC Comics knocking on the door, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> Intent. It's, EC Comics.
2: It's yeah, it's kind of like you have caller ID or a peephole for a door. You you still want to decide if you want to answer that or not.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. I love yeah. you all, but I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> do you do you ever see yourself allowing someone else to do the paintwork? You've always pretty much to this point no, done done the no, paints. No,
0: no, no, never. I mean. Sometimes Unbox will definitely have you know uh, a, a run of meats or whatever figure that they have going on. and um, you know I will kind of direct them on how to paint it if it's for like, you know that kind of release, but if it's my work, as far as you know my run, no, never. I don't think I ever have anybody paint for me.
1: Wait, 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 okay, hold up. So Unbox produ- okay, I'm confused. Unbox produces something like Meats. And vinyl mm-hmm. and if there is paint detail you you're not talking about just painting a master you're saying that you have them send all of the vinyl let's say a run of 50 to you and you paint each individual one
0: yeah if it's if it's one of my runs definitely i'll paint all of them no problem oh
1: i just i i guess i missed that i was assuming because it was through unbox they just had their factory do the paint too but they just do oh, the base no. vinyl
0: Right, so if if I'm releasing it, everything's done by me. Um, Everything, yeah, from paint to the headers. Even my headers, I've only had a few of them printed, but the majority of them, I pen paint all my headers as well.
2: But yeah, it's it's pretty obsessive. (laughs) It's not like what you're used to, is it, Treesley? A lot of the designers design it, someone else sculpts it, they send it overseas, and then factories handle everything, paint, packaging, everything. But Aaron here, he's just does it all it's impressive i
0: know and to be honest i think that's why a lot of people maybe come to me as far as licenses uh at the time with three and three quarters because of that you know maybe i do all of it at one shot but i like the control i'm not gonna put crap out i'm really gonna become like obsessive compulsive with every project that i do i can't let it leave my studio knowing the fact that uh, you know what i could have just painted highlights in the hair Mm -hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it gets that bad. So, I mean, I, I, recently did, uh, an adult swim project with space Ghost coast to coast for their comic con convention. Uh, that was, uh, in July. So that's the latest, I guess, three and three quarters, you know,
2: and so I, I know Teresa's mind is you're, are learning a lot. No, aren't you? I mean,
1: yes. No, I mean, I'm just like, I've seriously didn't realize cause it, I can't think honestly of anything that I collect when it's a production that they take, they have them just produce the base and then they take it all back and add all the detailing themselves. I, I, I can't even think of anyone. Can you Gary?
2: Paul Kaijil. (laughs) Paul Kaijil is is similar. He prefers to do a lot of his own work. Paul Kaijil
0: does it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a few
1: guys. It's just a collector divide. The stuff I collect just doesn't tend to work that way. So, Okay. I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, it's just different. I just didn't even realize. Like when you're talking about painting, I was like, oh, you're just talking about like painting a master. But then I was like, realizing, no, like he does the whole dang thing, which is crazy. And it's awesome. I mean, thank you. So
2: cool. Well, Teresa, let's talk about something that Aaron has already brought it up. There's going to be other versions of meats, and something that you prefer to like, Teresa, is should be fied styled stuff, smaller toys. And so Unbox has been doing they're gonna be doing their second series of the Unbox and Friends mini series. And Meats is one of the characters this time, isn't it, Aaron? Correct. Did you yes. decide no, but you didn't actually get the design. It's your characters re envisioned by is it two? two. Two. Yes, two. Two Not or- the Pong. Oof, see I, I, I wasn't even so. gonna try that one. <laughs>
0: right so um you know they they asked me about this you know this project and uh, my wife collects collected the first series and you know she had some interest into it and I, you know just looking at them every day at the at home you know because that's probably the only toys that we have as far as the designer toys that we're allowed to have there because we're not allowed to have like the whore <laughs> my stuff there it's a big grotesque but i get it anyways um <laughs> just looking at them every day uh, yeah i kind of kind of fell in love with it i, I kind of like the whole small simplistic stylization of it and two has this amazing style that i mean i was like yeah let's let's shoot for it let's see what happens let's see what he can sketch up or you know just kind of design and i fell in love with it instantly i thought it was really cool so we're having yeah definitely two versions of him uh mini meets uh for uh unboxing friends
2: mini meets, i like that it's exciting it is is.
0: It's it's a whole other world to me it's it's fun. Like if it's new, it's fresh, it's fun. I'll shoot for it. I mean, then again, you're talking to a guy who just didn't stick with three and three quarters. Like I'm, I'm trying new things, you know what I mean? Like I'm testing things out. I I still believe that I'm still like, you know, like, you know, uh, Teresa has been telling me a noob. like, I I feel the same way at times. (laughs) like, you know, like, I I don't think I've covered enough, you know, like I want to try different things and uh, this will be a challenge, even if it comes down to maybe me learning how to 3D sculpt you know, because mm-hmm. um, it's something that, yeah, you definitely have to maybe approach it on, on ZBrush because it's so clean. Um, you know, doing it traditionally would be very, very hard. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, even if it comes down to later later on the line, me learning how to do ZBrush, then, you know, maybe I'm not going to be opposed to it. I'm not going to be definitely keeping my options open.
2: Now, you mentioned yeah. Yeah. Un- working with Unboxed, and you're, you're doing the unboxing friends series two, but you had also done their other little mini blind box series called who goes there series one. You were part of that one. Are you part of series two as well?
0: Um, yes. Um, I, uh, Hmm. I don't know if I can talk. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I am a part of series two as well. These were right up my alley. I mean, we had to do six different <laughs> figures. They have six different original designs that I've done for them. And I mean, uh, I gotta say, I mean, Every time I see these, you know, um, fans and collectors, their photos, I'm just blown away. Like their marbling is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've become obsessed with little miniatures, like mini figures. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. I, yes. I mean so much. <laughs> I, I mean, mind you, maybe it's because you know, uh, you know, years of you know of rocking meats and now tombs and suffer these shelf hogs. I like the mini figures. I don't know. I so Dan asked me, would you be you know interested in doing mini figures? And mind you. I had, a, you know, I was already deeply involved into the daily delivery, so we were already working with minifigures. But it's just something about it; I like it. It's not going anywhere. I dig it. Will I do more figures? You know, maybe. You know, but at the moment, I'm I'm having tons of fun working with them, with both, um, you know, who goes there and uh, you know, uh, unboxing friends.
2: And the whole, who goes yeah. there? From what I understand, there's no theme. It's just you guys are told just go for it, do whatever you want, and we'll make it.
0: Oh yeah. It's straight artists, like straight from your from your brain, your world. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to hear whenever I'm working on on a project. It's like just go nuts and like that's all you need to tell me. And uh they, they work out pretty great. The cool thing about it is that once people see all of them, they'll be able to swap heads and they will all be cohesive as well. So it'd be,
1: it'd be pretty interesting, yeah. So that's a that's a new thing with series two, the swappability?
0: Well, with mine, mine are chaser figures because of the size and the head swap. But, um, yeah.
1: Oh, I love head swaps.
0: They're Uh, so fun. That's another thing that I I, I found out about, you know. I was really into that. And that kind of, you know, um, helped me, like, I guess, go the way of, like, Suffer and Tomb because they both have the same body but just different heads. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, again, not knowing anything about anything. I mean, I know there's guys that have been in this game since like, I don't know, like early 2000s and they've been really doing this. So like, you know, the more I do it, the more I learn, the more I people I talk to, you know, um, you know, I've only been doing this for what? I don't know, five, six, seven, six, no, six years almost. Um, so I, I still feel like, you know, like I got a lot to learn, you know, like these, you know, OGs like Paul Kaiju um, and MPH, you know, those guys have been doing this for a minute. And, um, you know, like, I'm just I feel like I'm just starting. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But, man, you you everything you say, I'm just like, yes, I feel like you get it. Like you almost get what collectors.
0: But that means a lot. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, like that, like head swaps is so fun for me. Just like little things like that, where like the um, it's like the Circus Posteris, uh those chibis. Gary, help me remember the name of that series. Uh, it was Brant and then Chris and Amanda and Kathy. Pocket,
2: pocket Sideshow.
1: Yes, Pocket Sideshow. Thank you. But um what was really cool about that series for me is they were all individual characters, but you could swap all the heads between them, which just added just an additional element of fun. And so right. the fact that you tapped into that, it's like even like the the androids that Andrew Bell did that he started making – pieced out where you can kind of build mini versions or swap in different pieces from other characters. Mm-hmm. It's just another additional tidbit of fun in right. our scene.
0: I think, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. It becomes interactive. Um, it's little things, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. that's something that I definitely look forward to as well. And some of the things that, uh, you know, that, you know, with these, you know, once I start doing my releases of like, you know, you know, my figures of who goes there, like I'd be adding like little mini accessories and, like, that, to me, is, like, something that I would want with somebody else. And, uh, yeah, I mean, now it's all I pretty much collect as many stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's becoming an issue. But um, that's why, I, I, again, I've been obsessed with, like, Maba, you know, this whole chibi stuff because of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm having fun, w- you know, with both worlds, you know what I mean? And slowly now tapping into this whole Teresa, Gary-type world where it's just, like, cutesy stuff. So we'll see what happens.
1: But Yeah, oh man, I'm just... Ah, uh, this is just, this is just
2: so fun. I, I was so nervous because <laughs> even like... This happens every time. We don't want to go outside our comfort zones, but anytime that we have, we've had Paul Kaiju on, we've had, you know, Aaron here. It's like, uh, even like James Groman, guys that I look at their body of work, I'm like, Shh, what? I, I can't talk on that. How can I talk to them? And then they come on the show and they're all, seriously, all three of you guys have been the best guys to talk to.
0: Oh, yes. wow. That means a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much, man.
1: Seriously. I, it. I It's so funny because, so for, who goes there when it first came out? I think <laughs> I still didn't really know what it was. I remember being at Decon last year and I went up to Dan and I was like, hey, Dan, I've been seeing people walking around with that, this ho- who goes there box. What is that? Like, I didn't know. Do I need to find it? And he goes, oh, no, that's not for you. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh my he, god he said that he was just, he <laughs> just like
1: uh that's not for you Teresa just don't worry <laughs> oh <you laughs> so know he
0: knows. I think that's the first time I met you guys was last year at decon yeah
2: are you going to decon this year
0: yeah I, I've been going for the last like four years or so um I'm whether with uh you know I used to be on my uh, on my own or uh but now I've been kind of representing unbox in, in their table nice oh
1: cool okay well, i have a couple questions one so was having to um reimagine meats for the unboxing friends series was that the first time someone has done their own version of meats
0: uh yes um i believe so um i've been you know when dan approached me with the the idea i looked at two stuff and it was very cohesive and that's one thing i look for a lot is the cohesiveness you know so when i when it's up on the shelf it all speaks in unison um but uh yeah that's the first time i ever you know uh, someone's ever done their their version of, of meats i mean there's been like you know maybe some illustrations here and there but um for the most part it's, it's 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 just that one it's kind of cool i love it yeah it's super cool i like it um uh, yeah, it's different way different. It, it was hard To see it with not so much detail, you know, it was a bit of like, all right. Yeah. Okay, come on Like you need to just be a little open-minded. <laughs> it's okay Like people are not gonna think your your work is soft uh, You know just you, you, so many things run into your brain, but I, I like it. it. It's pretty cool I mean, I, I dig it I respect Two's work. I respect um, You know Unboxed direction and these guys know what they're doing and uh, yeah, they've convinced me and um, I'm a fan.
2: Nice. Being a man that likes to be in control of the things that you create. How do you feel when someone customizes something that you did? Do you feel honored by that or is it uh bother you?
0: Um, you know what, man? Um, if they buy it and this is for all the collectors listening, if you fucking buy my work, it's yours. There okay. You go. It's your toy. It's your toy. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. But I'll tell you this one thing. You better do it the best you can, because I am. Exactly. I mean, they could do whatever they want. I have no problem. I mean, so many people email me and DM me. Hey, man. I'm like, dude, do whatever the fuck you want. It's your toy. It's yours. You purchased it. You can do whatever you want. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy whatsoever. I mean, I would love to see, you know, a whole bunch of... I mean, I would like to be able to, like, maybe... At one point have some meats available for people can customize and you know go wild with it you never know there might be some some wild you know wild out shit out there that might come up and I may want to do a collab with you but um, if you're buying you know your toy man that's your stuff you do whatever you want you know I I love seeing different versions of him you know every artist has their you know their own style and painting and that's one thing I look for the most so it's whenever someone does a, a figure I'm dissecting the fuck out of their paint application. I know exactly what paints they're using. I know what you know. If they're using brush, I know if, you know what technique they're using. But seeing different versions of it, especially like you know, seeing it you know, like in the, the folks you know overseas, man, that's that's it, it gets serious over there. Those guys add some major eyes. And, you know some hair installs. You know it, it can get crazy, but eh, I like it, man. No, no biggie. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I just, I love that you're open to that. You're open to just trying things and seeing what it, what happened with it. And
0: I, I, don't I, know, mean, it's cool. I mean, I mean, you have to be, I mean, how boring is it to eat the same meal every day? got to try different foods. And this to me is the same thing. It's like, I'm going to try different things. It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. But I mean, at the same time, the direction, the people involved, like I respect them and I trust them. So that, you know, that's also a major part of it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, again, seeing this whole cutesy thing, I mean, I don't know. Um, it grew on me. I, I was, I mean, I'll be honest, like you could even ask Dan, I was against it. I was like, I do not like this cute stuff. I don't like these big eyes. I don't like the ad <laughs> printing. Like, I don't like any of that. But slowly, and you know, it's like, okay, this is not what you do. This is a totally different, it's a whole different world out there. You know, this is something that, you know, it's a whole other market. You know, lots of, a lot of the cute stuff sells a lot more than the whore the or, you know, whatever the hell I the stuff I do does. But um, I think a lot of it was the fact that it was just a different song. Like I was listening to this like kind of like hard, like blown out metal. And then here's this like, you know, this clean, like very simple constructed piece that I was just like, yeah, I dig mm-hmm. it. I like it, you know. It's a
2: nice analogy yeah 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 nice so aaron one reason we want to have you come on is we heard that you're having a solo show at the end of the month in new york city you want to talk on that for a little bit
0: um yeah so you know it's going to be at bottling gallery in brooklyn it's a solo show i'm having along with you know co-art publications we're releasing a book about meats so it's it's a huge honor for me to work with uh uh, uh, Nick and Pam who are, who, who are the owners of a uh, co-art publications and decided to do their first book about meats. And it's just, uh, uh, it's been, you know, this roller coaster. you know, of all the stuff I've been telling you about from the beginning of resin to where I am now, you know, it's just, so
2: it's a solo show and a book release. That's awesome.
0: It, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is a dream come true. So now here I am doing a solo show at bottleneck, in New York, um, For the book, as well as for, you know, I'll have, you know, uh, tons of work of meets. But, uh, yeah, September 21st, New York, Brooklyn, Bonnet Gallery, Retro Band, Co-Art Publications. That's the big deal. Um, It's long in the making, but I'm super happy and uh, a bit like a dream again. Where I was before to where I am now, if you really knew my past and where, you know, (laughs) You know, the the, the stuff I had to deal with to where I am now, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a roller coaster for sure.
1: Now, I know co-art, what they tend to do is dig really into, like, the history and meaning behind toys. So is the book focused kind of around, like, the inspiration behind it and, like, the evolution of Meets Over Time?
0: Yes, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, yeah, it is, you know, it is, it's, it's evolution and all, you know, it's different releases, who I am, you know, how I started, you know, whether um, it be, you know, from the art world to now, from the transition from art world to toys, uh, the inspiration uh, behind all that. And for those folks who are, you know, are obsessed with Meats, you know, this book is definitely for you. I'm super happy for co publications, both Nick and Pam have you know really been over backwards to get the proper collection to shoot the proper uh, photographer it's, it's very well put together i cannot wait till september to go back to new york and uh, you know have this, this this book release as well as a solo show at bottleneck it's something that i've been thinking about for some time actually this whole entire year so it's, i'm i'm glad you know it's, it's finally here
2: yeah congrats on that i mean this is a serious book this is a 154 page retrospective just on meats <laughs> go look yeah, at it like, pretty <laughs> This is no joke,
0: man. When I got a copy of it, it was just—I don't know how to explain it, man. It was just very surreal. You know, I went home, showed my wife, and we're just like, "Holy shit! This is this is this is something." You know, this is this is cool. I mean, this uh, is—it's a book about me for god's sakes like oh my god you know like this is this is amazing and then when i went when i look back up i was like i don't remember any of this i mean i do but this so much has happened you know like i'm there's never a month where i'm just like twilling my fucking thumbs like i'm always working non-stop and i love it i love the hustle but it's just i'm like oh i remember this it was it's a like total total like time warp going back in time just looking at everything i've done and it's uh I'm pretty
2: happy. I'm pretty happy where I'm at. Congrats. That sounds so awesome. What CoArt's doing with your publication and, and their first publication. I hope and I look forward to what they continue to do because our toy scene is 20 plus years old now. And there's a lot of artists out there that have a large body of work like yourself that it would be awesome to have a just a catalog of all these toys and customs and shows that people have done over their long toy careers. But to talk about your book. So again, it was 154 pages, full color. It's an edition of fifteen hundred books with a price tag of fifty dollars. That's amazing. Oh man! Okay. I, so,
1: I don't want to, Gary. I want to stop talking. Do we really have to stop talking?
2: No, I mean we have technically ten more minutes until Mother Time says we can't publish this anymore.
1: And I only okay. I just have one one more question, and we can cut it if you need to. It's really just a curiosity thing. No, go, go um, ahead. Yeah, whatever you want. But you, I know we've talked all about all of your vinyl stuff being done with Unbox. So do you work exclusively with Unbox for for production? They're the only person you
0: produce through? I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? Um, these guys have always been there for me since the beginning uh, of my career. Um Yeah, I mean, exclusively, yeah, I I, I guess you can say so. I mean, these guys are amazing. I love keeping a tight circle because you know how it is sometimes, you know, like things get in the way or people act funny. But I mean, working with Dan and Leo, I mean, perfect, perfect all, all the way through. I mean, I can't really complain. You know, Dan has this amazing vision. He likes to, you know, tackle on these licenses that are like cult, cult, you know, classics. And um I don't mind it. I mean, we're, we're we're friends. You know what I mean. I mean, yeah, it's business, but um, you know, whenever we're you know we're together hanging out, we're really tight, and um, it's even tighter, you know, and 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 the work environment as well. And um, when it comes to production, them doing my figure, you know, I'll, you know, I mention to them this is what I want, this is how it is supposed to be, and it's you know they're just like we're on it. And the you know the guys they have in fact, a, you know, Leo holding it down over there. I mean, those guys, they're pros. They, they know what they're doing. Cool. I was <laughs> <I'm> just curious. <laughs> good, I, people. I yeah, good people. I mean, yeah, good people. No. I, I mean, then again, it's like, you know, I don't really have too many figures out. You know, I, I don't really have that many characters. I only have like three characters uh, um, in my catalog. But um, I have so many ideas with each character that I kind of want to get them all out before I start working on the next one and the next one and the next one. So um, I feel as far as my vinyl career, I just started meets – is finally becoming more common, but I have so many more ideas that I want to, you know, knock out uh, as far as, you know, paint applications for um, the other figures that, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, but then again, mind you, like, I'm working on other projects. So, you know, it's not all the time that I'm, I'm having to really worry about these these, these vinyl pieces, you know, um, every month or so. But um, I like, like I said, like, you know, whether it be working with Adult Swim, working on resin stuff. Final stuff, you know, with, you know, with, you know, retro band and, and, and unbox license work or to be minifigures with D and D like, you know, and now um, I'm opening up a gallery, a toy gallery and the art district of San Antonio. So we can, you know, showcase this, this format of, of designer toys to the art community. So that's another thing oh, that I'm working cool. on as well. Yeah. So we had a glow show um, that I mean, we had a show, I'm sorry, that unbox was touring Uh, It was, like, Shanghai and Tokyo, and then the U.S. one was in San Antonio. So, you know, we had the show. It opened at 7. People flew in from, like, New York, Florida, Arizona, you know, New Mexico, all through Texas. The show started at 7. People were in line at 5, you know, kind of out the door. And it was a huge success, and people were really upset that this wasn't going to be an ongoing thing. So I just decided maybe, you know, it was kind of bothering me. I was like, you know what, maybe I should just try a gallery. So I decided to open up a gallery that opens up uh, next month as well in September. Um, My
1: goodness.
0: Pretty interesting.
1: It's awesome. Thank you. You're just doing it all. No, I I remember the Glow Show. I think they're actually on their second round of it. Maybe a Glow Show too. I mean,
0: the the recent one they did was pretty wild. I was really blown away. I mean, mind you, it's not really easy to, for any gallery, you know, most galleries you see, you know, they'll have like a shop involved, you know, to kind of you know, it's part of it, you know, it's common, but as a gallery gallery, just to have it fill, fill it up with toys is one thing. Cause prior to this, I had my own art gallery where you know, it's easy to fill up a four by six painting on walls. It takes up a lot of space versus little figures, whether they be small or large, it's still tough, you know, and having to do with the shelving and all that kind of system tough. And these guys executed it very well from this last glow show. So, you know, kudos to them. But now this gallery that I'm having, it's, it's right there in the middle. It's not too big, not too small, but I'm hoping that I can maybe set, you know, maybe develop a community in, in the south for uh, designer toys. And we're not just going to have the gore stuff. We're going to have everything, all types of uh, platforms and kind of show everybody for everything. So pretty excited about that.
2: Wow. cool! That's, this is awesome news. This is, uh, this is what we're talking about. This is how you grow the community, people doing stuff like this. Right. Thank you. Okay. Super
1: side note. You said D and D. You're doing Dungeons and Dragons stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so D and D is the short for daily delivery. Oh.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> said it a few times now. I thought I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah. I know.
1: I was
2: like, "Wait a minute,
0: hold on! I just gotta ask." <laughs> it just sounds so cool when I say D and D. So i just fine with D and D, but D and D became this obsession with mail and order toys. I grew up with it, so I had my first Meets figure released in D Con, um, and that's when I had a, ca- a little mail and order catalog in the bottom of, uh, I guess it was like a little handout I was giving out, and if you submitted this much money in cash, you get, you know, this figure or the T shirt or, or a patch or whatever. And I just became really nerded out by it and the idea behind it about someone seeing a catalog of illustrations and not knowing what they're going to get, but just knowing, you know, based off the illustration, sitting in money and a few people did it. It was fun. And then it's like, you know what? It's not going to work out this way. So we just decided to have our own handle, Instagram, and go that route. And, you know, I picked up The Last Zectron, you know, as part of the collective. And then a couple of years into it, we picked up this artist, Vilesaur, Aaron, uh, another Aaron and um it's been perfect like i I mean to to do this on your own in your studio in your own oasis is one thing but to kind of do this with friends it's so much fun it's like a monster squad you know what i mean it's like a little club that we have and our fans are amazing like these guys have amazing photos and we have i have another big secret or a little big project i have coming up that involves the fans that i'm working on at the moment but um Again, it's these fans, you know, who are the collectors who collect our work. You know, the stuff they say, I mean, it really pushes us um, to, to do more and, and better. They're just so amazing. So a lot of you fans are listening to um, right now. You know, a lot of you guys tend to like DM me after a convention saying, hey, I met you. Do us all a favor. When you come up to our booth, say hello. Say, hey, this is who I am. We would love to meet you. Like, you have no idea yeah. in the conversations that we have when the decon's over, we're having beer and and, and dinner. Mm-hmm. These kind of conversations are about these amazing fans that we met. Like, we, we love to meet all of you guys. Like to put a face behind it, you know, shake your hand, you know what I mean? Like, get to know you. Shoot the shit. We absolutely, well, me, Zachron, and, and Valsor, we absolutely love you guys tremendously. I mean, it's 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 a blessing for sure. I mean, you guys support.
2: Teresa, you're probably tearing up right now as a collector to hear that. Well,
0: (laughs) no, I mean,
1: no, I mean, I'm not crying, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's so fun of, of going to these events. And I remember my first decon, I was shitting myself, honestly, because I went by myself and I still didn't really know a lot of people and it felt very out of like it was i was out of my element going in and i was so nervous because like that's when i first finally met like chris and amanda and some of these artists that i absolutely love you and managed I to met-
2: squeeze in chris and amanda congratulations <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Jesus.
1: they came up <laughs> they came up earlier with the circus poster stuff that's Gary. true
2: i missed that one
1: but but no, I mean, like, I got to meet you eventually. So, yeah, like, being as a collector, being able to go to events and go up and talk to artists is is amazing for us as well. So the fact that it, it helps to know and hear from you, you saying, like, yes, talk to us. Because I think as a collector, sometimes you can get kind of nervous and in your head and you're like, oh, I can't do that. I don't want to bother them. Like, I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'll just go buy the thing and run
0: away. So everyone, <laughs> oh, say no. hi, talk. Yeah, that's, that's that, the that's, best uh... part. That's something that we really look up, uh, look up to because I, I get these, yeah, like I said, these DMs and they're just like, hey, I met you. I'm just like, oh, why don't you say hello? You know, like, you know, like th- you collect everything that we put out, you know what I mean? And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that that that's something that, uh, you yeah know, it's always good to have the face of the you know Instagram handle, you know what I mean? Especially now, this whole fucking world is just, you know, just digital and everyone just look on their phone. It's just good to have a real good normal relationship and just hello and shake your hand and eye contact and. Mm-hmm. All that uh you know pre you know uh uh post uh pre internet stuff whatever,
1: yeah, for sure, I agree, yeah. so say I- hi, take to the marshamites which I know everyone seems to hate that name, I don't care, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I dig it it's pretty cool, <laughs>
1: marshamites come say hi to me
2: well sadly we we do have to wrap this up i mean you've, I you've been absolutely fantastic to talk to, thanks so much for taking time. Uh, a break I from. That. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're. I know you're working hard on that show for New York and at the end of uh, September at the Bottleneck Gallery. But I appreciate you taking two hours out of your night to spend some time talking to Teresa and I. And uh, it's been great. And hopefully, your fan base and our listeners and enjoy everything that you said tonight. So why don't you take a brief moment and just let our listeners know where they can find you on the web and all that other good stuff.
0: Okay, no problem. Uh, so, again, thank you guys for having me. Um, it's been a big honor. I mean, you guys uh, interview a lot of big heads. So, um, yeah, th- this meant a lot to me. It was really good to finally talk. I don't do many interviews as far as, you know, uh, podcasts, but it's, this has been really cool. But, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Retroband, uh, Twitter, Retroband Toys, www.retrobandtoys. Uh, also follow us at uh, Delivery on Instagram and the form gallery on Instagram as well for uh, updates on the, uh, on the new gallery coming up.
2: Very nice. No, it's been an honor for you to join us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it guys. Yep. Teresa, why don't you go next?
1: Sure. Teresa Hawkins, Find me on Instagram, TM Hawk
2: 24. And I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham toy hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want it. <laughs> so <laughs> until our next transmission next week, the one and the only Jesse Hernandez will be joining us. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Later. Bye.
1: Thank you, Aaron.
2: Bye-bye.